Thank you for joining us once again here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm evangelist Mike McCurry, the executive director of Bible Tracts Incorporated here in Illinois. Our ministry has been printing and distributing gospel tracts for free around the world for over 80 years, and we'd love for you to take part. Visit BibleTractsInc.org to find out more. Now, today on the broadcast, the thought is simple. Without a pulpit or a lectern, lacking the entirety of the New Testament for reference, and just days after watching Christ ascend into heaven, the apostle, the disciple Peter, preached one of the most powerful and impactful messages that the world has ever heard, and it's recorded for us in the book of Acts, chapter number 2. Question, though, is what were his points? Where did he get his source material? What was the result of Peter's preaching? The broadcast today will answer these questions and much more. I'm excited for you to be a part today. We gave a short introduction in yesterday's broadcast. And in that program, we talked about the importance of a real and biblical understanding of the gift, the miracle of tongues. And if you'd like to know more about that, we won't rehash everything we talked about now, but you can find archived versions of this broadcast on the Bible Tract Echoes podcast. Just search for that anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it, you can probably find it there. Just search for Bible Tract Echoes. Echoes. Now, we won't rehash everything we talked about yesterday, but I would like you to turn to the book of Acts and chapter number two. We're going to pick up right where Peter did. Before we do that, though, I'll draw your attention to Acts chapter number two and verse number 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Peter is, of course, referencing the, the prophet Joel from the Old Testament, but where I'd like to use that as a springboard is into a gospel track that we call Seven Questions Boys and Girls Ask. Now, this gospel track was not written by me. It was written by our founder, Evangelist Paul Levine, many years ago. And literally thousands upon tens of thousands of young people have read this specific gospel track that has been recently redesigned, modernized just a little bit. Seven questions that boys and girls ask. Of course, Peter references the prophet Joel here and talks about young men doing amazing things, young ladies doing just phenomenal works for the cause of Christ. But maybe listening right now, there's a young person, and I'm not going to put an age on it, but regardless of your age, maybe you have questions about what I'm speaking on today. Maybe the Bible has always been a little bit of a mystery to you. Maybe there is an adult out there that would be curious about these seven questions that boys and girls ask, and maybe you have a niece or a nephew a grandchild that might be interested in reading this well-designed, very easy-to-read gospel tract. Of course, it really, this gospel tract could apply to adults just as easily, but that title, it catches people's eyes. We had a young person, a young lady that contacted us. Actually, it was her grandmother that contacted us and said, my child is going to school and would like to get some of that gospel tract. Seven questions boys and girls ask, and she'd like to take them with her. She was 
less than 10 years old. She'd like to take them with her to her school to give to her friends. Now, I congratulate and I am so excited for a young person that has that kind of heart for the gospel, especially at that young of an age. I envy that because we all need to have that attitude, that desire to see people come to know Jesus Christ. And this gospel track would be a great way to go about it. You can visit BibleTracksInc.org today and order yours for free. Of course, you can get one of our sample packets if you've never done so before. That's BibleTracksInc.org. Of course, if you have questions and maybe the internet and all of that's a little difficult to navigate sometimes, I can completely understand. It's a wild world out there. Instead, you could text me, 309-316-7240. Please feel free to forward me any questions that you may have. Again, that text number, text only, 309-316-7240. Now, let's turn to Acts chapter number 2. We just read one verse there, but let's jump back to verse number 14 of Acts chapter 2. And verse number 14, we're going to look at how Peter answers the derision that is leveled against them. And while we do that, we're going to look at some of the context here and give a short introduction. Acts 2.14, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. He calls everyone's attention singularly to this moment. Now, very quickly, let's look at the context and give a short introduction to the book of Acts and the human penman behind the book of Acts. It'll help give a little bit more of a solid foundation to this specific account in this gospel message here. Now, of course, we know that the human pen behind the Holy Spirit's usage, the conduit for the Holy Spirit giving us the book of Acts, was the physician named Luke. Now, Luke, little is known about him, but he was possibly a Gentile convert to Christianity. He was likely a contemporary of Paul, the Apostle Paul, and many of the other apostles in the early church. He wrote this book of Acts when he addressed it to someone named Theophilus. Now, academics and people disagree on who this Theophilus actually was. Some believe he was a highly placed Roman official, while others wonder if Luke actually addressed his writings to this aforementioned Theophilus as a literary technique meant to generally address this book to the readership of all. Regardless, the book of Acts is for you and for me, regardless of who the original author meant for it to be addressed to, the authority of the Holy Spirit gives it to you and to me. We can agree on that without a doubt. The audience, though, to whom Peter speaks in Acts 2, verse 14 through 40, were Jews from around the world. Peter and about 120 other disciples had very recently been filled with the Spirit for the very first time in Acts 2, verse 2. And the dispersion of the gospel began in earnest. I draw special attention to this because Bible Tracks Incorporated is committed to the dispersion of the gospel. Now, we use gospel tracks, Bible tracks, for that purpose. But friend, the gospel needs to go out because lost and dying people are slipping off into eternity every day, every hour, every minute, and every second. And we have a responsibility to reach them with the living gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We see, though, that the international Jews, under the sound of Peter's voice, lived in a post-incarnation world. What I mean by that is that Jesus Christ, in human form, had come and gone, and their corner of the globe at this time reeled from his effects. There was a shock and an awe going on because Jesus had very recently gone back to heaven but the effects he left stayed behind. As mentioned, of course, the Comforter in John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit had come, and Christianity was a tinderbox just looking for a spark. Nothing, not the Roman Empire nor the persecution of the traditional Jewish old guard would stand in Christianity's way. The context of this particular passage is very interesting. It's set against the backdrop of Pentecost, The Godhead, Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, could not have chosen a more perfect time for this first gospel declaration. The importance of this Jewish holiday means that at no time during the year was there a more international crowd and presence in Jerusalem than at the time of Pentecost. It's almost like God purposely set this up for the the sake of the message being dispersed to all the world very quickly. Immediately after Peter's message, the reader is introduced to the early church in the later part of Acts chapter 2, and safely, one can conclude that the thousands that were saved and baptized integrated very quickly into the body of believers. The spur for the rapid rise of the church was the Holy Spirit's appearance and the God-endued, powerful preaching of Peter. Luke The author brought his readership this narrative in a concise and chronological way. He took very seriously his task of ushering the story of Christ and his infant church triumphant into the halls of history. And that brings us to that introduction to our topic, brings us to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 14 that we just read, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken. You see, what he's doing here is answering the derision that the Jewish people leveled against these people who were speaking in tongues, meaning they were speaking one time and the Holy Spirit of God, by a miracle, was allowing it to be heard in multitude of different languages at one time. For these are not drunken, verse 15, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Now, Peter, though by trade just a fisherman, probably had been taught the seemingly contradictory scriptures, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. Verse number 5, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. Peter decided that the latter command would be the order of the day and put the mockers in their place in Acts 2:15. He had the backing of the other 11 disciples, but I wonder, If there had been some feelings of loneliness as Peter confronted a somewhat hostile crowd. It's interesting to note in this passage that Peter did not feel the need to introduce himself. This may have been omitted by the author as extraneous, or it may be that Peter felt himself well known enough that introductions were unnecessary. Either way, Peter boldly placed himself at the center of attention and in the center of the Jewish religious leader's crosshairs when he spoke. Not with a passive voice, but with forceful speech and presence as he gathered the attention of one and all, no matter their nation of residence. Peter's rebuttal of the scorners was momentary. He then quickly moved on to much more weightier matters. 
The rebuke of the mocker's foolish assertion was not long and drawn out. Though Peter could be considered prone to quick flashes of anger, he kept his temper in check here. The preaching of the gospel was too important. A quick change of subject allowed the message to start without putting the listeners on the defensive too much. Peter pointed out that the time of day made it highly unlikely that the men in question were already drunk. The stand and the speech that Peter made captured all the people's attention, and they gave his sermon their consideration for the next few moments as he preached to them. I'd like to make application here in that the preaching of the gospel is too important to be caught up in the minutiae of everyday life. Sometimes we get so worried about fixing the problems of the world that we forget what the real problem is. Every symptom, whether it be a hostile attitude, whether it be a mocking tone, whether it be a sarcastic reception, really is just a symptom of the much deeper issue, the God-sized hole in a man's soul. Please join us for the rest of this week. We're going to continue on and talk about the authentic discourse that Peter provides. Don't go anywhere. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.